We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Sorry, the audio quality is still a little bit below par, but we hope to get that fixed very, very soon. It is a corporate issue, and we are on it. But I figured you wanted to talk a little stock talk today. Let's talk stocks and investing and retirement and other issues, right? Um, There was a release of the Fed minutes yesterday that caused the market to go negative. The Fed is not less dovish, period. Um, But one of the things that they brought up yesterday with their Fed meeting minutes from July 28, 29, was that they said the economy may take longer to, to come back. The Federal Reserve might not be on board with yield curve control, and it might be ready to embrace average inflation targeting. Um, but again, there's potential inadequacy of fiscal stimulus. There's possible risk to financial stability. There's no way one can reasonably walk away thinking the Fed is now less dovish than before. I don't think a lot should have changed yesterday that, that may take the economy longer to come back, but it, that, that's kind of what happened. Apple hit a $2 trillion market cap yesterday. Uh, that's pretty impressive. $2 trillion. When we were, remember uh, the spy who loved me? Not the spy who loved me, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> a little bit of a difference from James Bond to Mike Myers. No. Um, when the bad guy wakes up from 20 or 30 years of a deep freeze and says he wants a ransom of $1 million. And then he changes it when everyone laughs at him because that's not a lot of money. <clears throat> if you're going to blow up the world, you should ask for more than that. And then he goes, okay, 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 $1 million. We're talking trillion. That's a big number for Apple. It's 10% of total U.S. GDP. Ho, 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 wait, what? It's 10% of the U.S. GDP. Wow. Wow. That sounds too much to me. But I'm willing to go with it because I own shares, of which I don't know if I made a tragic mistake or if I made a wise investor when I diversified. Ten-year treasury note is sitting at 64 basis points. Um, Again, we're not seeing inflation, and that's helping the economy. But we're not seeing material inflation. A little bit of inflation is okay. Too much inflation is quite bad. NVIDIA posted better than expected third quarter results, but its stock is down. Investors were reportedly underwhelmed by the company's data center growth. Intel announced a $10 billion buyback. Talk about Intel versus NVIDIA. In this corner, we have the old fighter Intel, 55 years old. And in this corner, we have 35-year-old young up-and-coming whippersnapper, NVIDIA. So NVIDIA reports their numbers. They had great data, growth, uh, data center growth. They had eh, eh, 
a lot was baked into it because it's one of the most uh, popular stocks. And it's one of the stocks that has the biggest up movement this year. So it's a little bit off today. Do I think it'll close higher by the end of the year? I do. Intel announced a $10 billion accelerated buyback. Some guys like blondes. Some guys like brunettes. Some guys like buybacks. Some people like dividends. I'm okay with buybacks. When you're Intel and you're old and you've got a lot of cash sitting around and they've already started reinventing themselves by buying a lot of different types of semiconductors, but their glory days appear to be past unless they've got scientists working in the labs and they've got something cooking. American Airlines is down today after they said they plan to cut service to 15 smaller airports or smaller markets. I guess they're kind of the same thing, but you tell me how I should say that. What's interesting to note there is that I did see a story yesterday on American Airlines as well. And I don't know which one's more interesting. The fact that we knew American Airlines was going to be downsizing in August, September. After the Fed said, if you take money, you're not allowed to downsize till September. Eh, we kind of knew that one was coming. But yesterday on a flight from Amer- uh, American Airlines from Las Vegas to Charlotte, uh, two airline passengers started brawling. Do you know why? Because someone was asked to leave the plane because they wouldn't wear a mask. Hmm. Huh. And the rule is you have to wear a mask on an airplane on American Airlines. Um, Unless you have a medical exemption. I should throw that in there just in case. But a brawl on an airplane, I'm like, thank goodness, A, I wasn't on that plane, and B, I wasn't on that plane. Because you know if the brawl broke out, it was going to be right there in my row. Demand for pork is rising. Okay. When you're an investor, when you're putting money aside for your retirement, you're looking for a couple of things. Number one, you're looking for demand. You're looking for product as well. But growing demand and demand that's growing faster than other areas kind of can be kind of sexy, and that's where the growth happens sometimes. I'm boiling that down, but you get the idea. Demand for lean hogs exceeding supply for the fourth quarter and the first quarter. So as they wrap up the year, they're, they're saying things are looking good. It's so sad when I do stories and uh, reports on lean hogs because they're, they're, they're animals and they look so innocent. Pigs look so innocent, but they taste so delicious. Investors wanting to profit from the likely increase and uh, purchase October futures. I don't really recommend that you, you purchase futures. In large part, it, it, to me, it feels like a little bit of a gamble. But I'm not telling you you don't. Get this. You can actually buy an exchange-traded fund called HOGS, H-O-G-S. I know there's a joke that I could make about some of my past lovers. Notice how I don't say male or female there because I'm not supposed to bash women or men for that matter, I guess. But, yeah, Rob's ticker symbol for his exes are HOGS. And they all live in Texas, surprisingly enough. Um, what was interesting about COVID-19, and this is what, you know, inside the story of demand is building, it's been that there were factories that were forced to slow down their processing of hogs, um, and it caused a dramatic drop in demand for pigs. Interesting, right? How COVID-19 plays with your investments. Processing plants were backing up because people wouldn't work in them. Um, it was one of the hot, 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 hot beds? of the pandemic. Um, how much is a lean hog future worth? Eh, 73, 79 cents right now. 
How much was it worth a couple weeks ago? Uh, 43 cents. So 43.79, you're like, wow, you could double your money there, or you could have doubled your money. Anyhow, anytime there is a swine flu, anytime there's a pandemic uh, epidemic, I might start looking towards hogs. Just throwing that out there for you. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's all fair game. Two-thirds of college students say the coronavirus has changed how they feel about their financial futures. Does that not suck? Let's call the millennials, um, the college kids right now, the old, uh, young millennials. But there's old millennials out there, and they had to go through the 2006-2008 situation. Now they're going through the 2019-2020 situation. And two-thirds of college students say the coronavirus has changed how they feel about their financial future. Listen to this. Um, more than 6.4 million college students get help from their parents to pay for their credit cards. Two times more students from medium-income households say a lack of financial literacy holds them back compared to students from high-income households. So if your parents were wealthy, you feel like, hey, or if your parents were poor or middle-class, you're like, hey, those wealthy kids know more about money than me. Ah, that's why this show is here. Great evener. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Many days I don't take a look at the stock market until I do. I'm not obsessed with up or down in the short term. I'm obsessed with trends. And it's kind of a rock, scissors, paper kind of thing of, I think trends are more important to be involved in for the long term than taking a look at the short term. Have I done short term trades? Yes. Did I do most of my short term trades when I was 25, 35? Yes. Um, someone was showing me their portfolio yesterday and they're like, hey, look at my friend. They've got these options and they've done, you know, they're doing great. I'm like, really? Let's take a look. And then I was like, look at my portfolio. I haven't sold a share of Apple in 14 years. Uh, well, I did, but I hadn't until this year. Um, a weird, weird thing, too, is that sometimes it's, it's what works better, buy and hold, for tax reasons, yes. Because the shorter you hold a trade, the higher the taxes. There's different classifications on short-term and long-term, for sure. Um, but again, there's no right answer. I don't pretend to say, like, you have to do it my way. I'm just, I'm here sharing. Someone asked me yesterday, can you do a show about every five-year period of your life? And I was so flattered by that. And I, I will do that. But when I do it, I'm going to do it kind of, not tongue-in-cheek, but I'm going to show you investment lessons I learned, and maybe in a funny way. Um, and I, I haven't started thinking about it, so I can't give you a great example. I could say, like, when I was six I lived in Turkey and I had blonde hair and blue eyes. And the Turks loved me because, you know, some countries you go to visit, in, like India, and you're tall, you're six foot, and they're like, whoa, you look like Godzilla. And they come up and look at you and touch you like you're Godzilla. A woman friend of mine who was traveling in India, the children were coming up to her and touching her hair because she had different styled hair. So, anyway, I think the point being there is when I lived in Turkey, I was blonde hair, blue eyes. I was a commodity. That was just there. And like people would they'd pinch your cheek and say, Musala, 
which could have meant I'm going to abduct you and kill you, or it could have meant you're a cute little child. I'm not sure which one it is. So I'm going to try to write something kind of funny, but I'm going to try to teach lessons here and there. And what's interesting, I, I guess I attracted the eye of a millionaire, a Turkish millionaire, which a million lira is like $12. So it's kind of a bogus statement. But then again, I'll talk about currencies. And I know a lot of people who have tried to trade currencies. And one of the dumbest uh, financial lessons I can tell you that someone threw at me is, hey, I, should, I, I want to buy the Iraqi dinar because we just invaded it and it's worth nothing. I said, you know what it's going to be worth in a couple of years? Nothing. So I think there's weird little lessons that I can try to blend in. So this Turkish millionaire invited me to a boat and my, my whole family. Oh, and he gave us Coca-Cola. In Turkey, we couldn't go to a grocery store and buy Coca-Cola. It was like a rare thing. So we got Coca-Cola. Now, that was 1977, 1976, 78, somewhere in that area. And um, I think the long story short there is Coca-Cola. It's still around. It's still a, a decent investment because it's kind of a, a Western ideal, so to speak. Um, but you'll see where I'm going to go out with that. And when we went on his, his yacht, we were in the Mediterranean. I was on a, a raft, and it was a Hawaiian punch raft. It had the, the character that had the Hawaiian punch. I don't know what his name was. He had that funny little Hawaiian crown, and he punched people. Uh, some of our advertising wasn't very nice back then, right? Another investment lesson. But I went on a raft in the Mediterranean. The, the tide started to take me out, and I couldn't see the yacht anymore. I was like, I'm going to die. And my next thought is, I'm going to crash this raft on the Mediterranean island. I'm going to live there for the rest of my life. And that was the very first moment in my life where I was like, I'm different, because I was cool with that. And it's okay to be different. Markets open lower, and they're trying to work higher. Uh, initial jobless claims unexpectedly rose. The number of individuals filing new unemployment insurance claims rose back to 1 million last week. Less than 50% of the Americans who've been furloughed have gotten back to work. Um, and we're still letting go people. A million is way too high of a number of first-time unemployment claims. First-time unemployment claims is, uh, we don't need you anymore, so we got to let you go. And sorry about this, but we're going to have security walk you out the door and please leave your mask on. So security walks you out the door, and then you're like, okay, you go home, and you're like, honey, I lost my job. I don't want to do it. She's like, well, you're going to march your butt right down to unemployment office. And that's the first time you're making a claim. And that's when the government starts paying you for a period of time. And then you fall off normal unemployment and you move to extended unemployment. So as Americans, we have to almost count both of those, which is kind of an odd concept real quick. If you can work with me on this for uh, uno momento. Being unemployed stinks. You do get a check. But not if you're fired. But it's not a lot of money. And the longer you're on, it drops to even less. But we don't want you to completely starve. So we were like, you can probably go out and with this uh, benefit check, you can probably go out and buy 400 packs of ramen noodles. You're not going to starve, but you're not going to eat well either. Anyhow, I hope you're doing well. Let's take a look at the markets. Um, I think I've hit the big stories yesterday. Apple, $2 trillion. The Federal Reserve kind of spooked us by saying that the economy is going to be slower longer. Um, NVIDIA posted better than expected results. Intel's doing a big buyback. A little bit repetitive of me on that content, but there's not a lot to work with today. Mega stocks are outperforming. Cyclical stocks are lagging. Um, Facebook, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, and Apple. They're all moving higher. NVIDIA moved a little bit lower, but as the morning's gone on, it's moved a little bit higher. 
Um, so, and it's record territory for most of those names, or pretty darn close to it. Estee Lauder down 6.5%. They reported a wider than expected loss. They also said they're going to lay off 1,500 to 2,000 people. The thing that I like about Estee Lauder, it's kind of like that Coca-Cola story. When I said in Turkey, I was six, seven years old, and a Turkish millionaire liked me. And for me to like walk around his apartment and look cute, like, oh, ask him questions. Like, what is this? What is that? What is this? Uh, to interact with them. I shouldn't say cute because there's a weird sexual undertone to that that I don't like now that I've said it. But to get that Coke, it's the same thing with Estee Lauder. It's been around a long time. And it's a brand. And, you know, let's say you're, you're Sugar Booger, or you could be a guy too. Um, you're, you're at the mall, you're at the store, and she says, can you get a CVS and get me some makeup? I'm all out of makeup. And I used to say, like, hey, there's always going to be ugly people in the world. And you can always put makeup on a pig and make it look pretty. Um, but there's also a brand there. There's also, you know, oil of LA. Um, the creamy natural moisturizer. Um, brands are not a bad way to invest. It's a better idea than I'm just going to throw darts or I'm going to buy a tech company that I don't say anything about or I'm not going to look at any of the financials of any of the companies I invest in. It's not bad. So you get the idea. Um, only 2.8% of retirement savers made a withdrawal from their 401k so far this year. That's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it's interesting. It's like Dave Letterman used to do a stat that three out of four people make up 75% of people. And you're like, I get it. But a smaller number of retirement savers are withdrawing money. So they're trying to make their assets last longer. And the worst time to be selling your assets is in a market correction. Interesting, right? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. It's what I love to do. What do I see out there right now? Synopsis is a big winner today. Their semiconductor place, sort of. They help companies design semiconductors. So when you hear Apple or NVIDIA, or Qualcomm, or Intel, when you hear they're coming out with new semiconductors, they have to be designed on software. Um, so they kind of do what's considered semiconductor CAD. So it's the computer-assisted design thing, and like you go, well, let's put 14 amplifiers on it, and you punch it in the computer, and the software goes, Pfft. now you have to get more power. So you put more power supplies on it, and... Pfft. Now it's too hot. So it helps engineers design semiconductors, which is kind of, eh, okay. That may be too weird of a play for you. How about Xerox? There's a company that has been around forever. And if I remember correctly, it's been accused that Steve Jobs stole the GUI, the graphical user interface that Apple was going to be using, moving away from DOS typing prompts of open my printer print this letter where you would type simple thoughts into your computers and now you could just hit the printer icon or you can hit the Fortnite icon you didn't have to say run Fortnite. so the graphical user interface moved us from text driven computers to graphical and using mouses and it was developed at xerox park and a lot of people think apple 
that Steve Jobs, when he was interning there, might have lifted a couple secrets. But that's not for me to discuss now. Intel said they're buying back $10 billion of their own shares. Um, that's good. That, that, that's okay. That's like a decent positive. But then you also have to say, how are, how are computers selling? They're actually selling really good because people are going back to school at home. Um, and people are working at home from home instead of working at work. Apple today is extending its weekly gains up 2% now for the week, um, up 1.2% for the day. Um, LAM Research, big old weaker, weak player, they're semiconductor equipment players. So I'm showing you what's happening in the world of semiconductors at this point, essentially. Uh, Xerox, by the way, Carl Icahn bought more shares than the company. Carl Icahn is, he is more brash of a New Yorker than Donald Trump. And I'm not bashing him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying brash, brash being like cocky, arrogant. My poop doesn't stink. You're going to listen to me. I'm going to tell a joke and everyone's going to laugh. Carl Icahn is that kind of guy. He's a New Yorker's New Yorker. So he is the richest New Yorker and he's famous for buying shares of companies when they're weak, selling them when they're strong. So he's buying more shares of Xerox. Eh. Like I said, you have to have reasons you like stocks. Like a buyback's one reason. Dividends are another reason. Product, CEO. I, I don't, if it's just Carl Icahn buying into your company, I'm like, oh, okay. Lamb Research is a semiconductor equipment company. If they're weak, maybe that's a leading indicator. Maybe they're not getting equipment orders. Maybe the people who are designing the semiconductors and people who are selling the semiconductors are saying, you know, hey, we don't really need a lot of equipment to make the semiconductors. I'm reading into a lot of this, but you get the idea. That's kind of, you have to be intuitive. And when the Federal Reserve said it could be a slower recovery, maybe that ties into synopsis could outperform right now. Intel could financially engineer with a buyback, but the semiconductor equipment play is telling you, maybe it's not great. I'm not saying that, but I'm leaning that way. But that's a one-day flash in the pan of news. I can't live off that. Alibaba, down 2%. Um, Jim Cramer, and I love him and I hate him. Susie Orman, I hate. And when I say, I'm not saying personally, I just don't like the shtick, I don't like the education, and I don't like the way that they're delivering it. But Alibaba is a Chinese stock. It is considered to be the Amazon of China. Almost to the point that weird, they have a cloud segment, Amazon has a cloud segment kind of thing. Weird um, how compatible these companies would be. So I want to own Alibaba, but I can't. Jim Cramer said it really well. You can't own Chinese stocks right now. You can try to own a company like a Tencent, which has a relationship with Epic, which has a relationship with Fortnite, which is one of the most profitable video games of all time. Crazy. Um, and they're coming out with a new season, and it looks like they're going to have a new season based on Marvel superheroes. So it's going to go from, it went from good to great, and then COVID hit, and it went down to good, and COVID got worse, and it went back to great because people are bored. It could go super great with superheroes. And notice that they just cut their relationship with Apple or they're suing Apple and Apple cuts them off because they don't want to give that 30% cut potentially. So anyway, I can make a case for owning Alibaba, but I'm kind of with Jim Cramer. It's like he can't do that as long as Trump is feuding with China and as long as Trump, China's coming back at us. And when I say feuding, like the Chinese really hate that Trump calls it the Chinese virus. If you were to call it COVID-19, it sounds like a little more respectable than... Chinese virus. 
um, or the China virus is when he really gets kind of into a, how shall we say, a mood? Um, movie theaters are in the news right now. So, again, Jim Cramer said, like, you can't own, as long as Trump is fighting Chinese, you can't own Chinese stocks. And I, I kind of agree. So and he just screams it louder than me, but I kind of like what he said. The benchmark company upgraded Cinemark. Now, Cinemark is a movie theater, theater uh, company. And we're starting to see some movies coming online. Russell Crowe's in one where he's basically, it's called Road Rage or something like that. Rage. And essentially a woman's at a stoplight and he's in front of her and she honks. And it's all about the Caucasian man being forgotten in society. And it's like, whoa, bad timing on that. So he gets really angry. He, and that's going to be released in movie theaters. There's a new Christopher Nolan movie that they screened, oddly enough, online on Fortnite. And my kids saw it, and they're like, cool. And it looks kind of like one of those um, weird time-bending, physical reality, altering, superpower kind of thing, kind of like uh, Neo is the main character. You kind of get the idea. It's one of the, but they're trying to release that in movie theaters, and they're, they're like, okay, let's do the UK first because they're a little bit easier to release into the United States. But we're going to start talking about movie theaters in the next month, two months, three months. And the analyst says, we expect moviegoers to return to the cinema, buoyed by a strong slate of films in the near term, a behavior migration towards normalcy as the virus influence abates, and an elevated need for escapism where cinema growth has proven countercyclical. So anytime we get depressed and lock ourselves up, we ultimately end out by going to the movie theaters and having a blowout. And that's our escape. Okay, now, if I believed all that, I would buy Cinemark, too. I'm not so sure that I want my kids to go see a new movie in a theater until I've seen a couple other parents come back and say it's okay. I know. I'd rather err on the side of caution. I like moderation. Guess what? In moderation. I don't swing heavy. I don't swing light. I swing nice and consistent. I don't aim high, I don't aim low, I aim at the target. And the target may be 10, 15, 20 years away. So Cinemark, eh, I don't know if we're gonna have a behavior. Migration towards, okay, migration towards normalcy. That sounds a little bit better. That sounds a little bit more doable for me. The elevated need for escapism, I agree with. But we expect moviegoers to return to the cinema. Uh, maybe if you're thinking more of a medium term play, Short-term being zero to three months, medium-term being three to nine months, long-term being over a year. I don't know. You define those terms. BioNTech, and it's BioNTech, and Pfizer, their favorite COVID-19 vaccine so far has fewer side effects. Okay, okay. Then you can maybe blend that in with Cinemark. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, for the record, I think this uh, cinema companies need to make some sort of relationship with the studio companies to co-market movies to home delivery as well as in, in theater. Like, I, they need to partner up. Did you know there was some antitrust laws tied towards movie theaters and studios? Uh, and those were set in the 1930s and 1940s. I think we need to end those because we don't live in those worlds anymore. We now have the internet. We now have the ability... Oh, we have... A high definition TV, which you used to have to go to the movie theater to get high definition audio, high definition uh, resolution. You don't need to anymore. We don't need to protect these guys. We can let them work together. And if they do a bad job, we can find an alternative, in my opinion.
Um, other big stories of note, NVIDIA hit the jackpot as data center and gaming units simultaneously taken off. They've got a new product coming out in September based on their Ampere technology. What's interesting to note about that is um, nothing other than Wall Street is product-driven. And NVIDIA launched its A100, its new data center GPU, based off the company's Ampere architecture. Strong adoption of the new chip is one key growth driver. They say they are the semiconductor of artificial intelligence. They are the semiconductor of data centers. Yeah, you could argue right now on GPUs, but I'm not going to get into that argument because it's too nerdy for me and it's too early. Um, but NVIDIA's CFO yesterday, Colette, said that gaming revenue will likely surpass data revenue in third quarter due to the back to school and the early holiday sales of gaming PCs and Nintendo Switch consoles. It's interesting that the NVIDIA was shut out on the new Sony PlayStation that's coming out at Christmas and the new Xbox coming out at Christmas. But let's just put it this way. We love our virtual reality. We love our data centers. We love our artificial intelligence. We love our Nintendo Switch. There's a lot to like there. We love the trend of more computers being bought for home again. Uh, and that was dying. But with COVID, it's, it's getting a resurgence. So don't think it'll last forever. But you get the idea. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening to me. I do appreciate it. I pledge if you listen, I'll do everything I can to help. I pledge, okay? Have questions, drop an email at rob at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I tend to think that investing is learning how to compare used to compare Intel to AMD on CPUs. And Intel sold a way lot more than them. And sometimes it seemed like every other product cycle for AMD on the CPU side would be a good, then it'd be bad, then it'd be good, then it'd be bad. But Intel is always consistent. Um, then AMD said, well, we're not going to beat them on the CPU angle, so let's get into GPUs because Intel so far has really shown in the last 20 years very little as far as wanting the high-end market share. AMD went that direction. It's okay. I'm not going to get too caught up in that, but it's all about comparison, right? So I find value by comparing. I find companies that are outgrowing the sector by comparing. This morning on Fox Business, Larry Kudlow said, the stock market is predicting the V-shaped recovery. Says continuing claims was a good number, even though it was over a million. Oh, no, the continuing claims are the longer term, and that edged down a little bit. So people have been unemployed for a short period, edged higher. People have been unemployed for the long term, edged lower. And Larry Kudlow said the administration can make targeted help to the economy. A lot of Democrats, 100 Democrats are asking Nancy Pelosi, come on, we've got to do some sort of stimulus. You've got to work with these guys. You can't totally blow them off. So do a small package. Get what we want on the small side, then we'll come back and we'll, we'll fight about this and get closer to the election. I don't know. So there's some, you know, that's what the Cudlow is saying. He's saying the administration can make targeted help to the economy. There should be some stimulus because of that. But now, okay, that's one side. Now let's compare that to economic data. Remember he said V-shaped recovery. The stock market is predicting the economy is going to do the same thing. So leading economic, leading economic indicators is that despite three straight monthly increases, the July index is 6.6% below what was seen in February, i.e. what's known as pre-COVID shutdown. Now, these are leading indicators. Um, 
the average work week, as the average work week goes higher, we tend to go, oh, Rob Black's radio producer is working one show, but now there's a second show coming back, so he gets three more hours. Then there's a third show coming back. So as the week work week looks longer, at some point in time, the company's going to say, ah, oh, we need to hire a person because we don't want to pay overtime. There's kind of that thing that goes on. So it's a leading indicator. Building permits is a leading indicator. Weekly initial claims is considered a leading, and all those had negative feelings tied towards them. Um, building permits, positive. Why is building permit a leading indicator? It tells us the economy should be bouncing back in six months because people are going to their um, city hall and saying, city hall, we want to put a, a granny unit on our house, or we want to build a second floor because we're working at home and I hate my children. No, you don't. You just need a little bit more space. So you pay attention to leading indicators and lagging indicators. You do. It, it's helpful. Um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, she wants an investigation of the Kodak loan. Man, I'll tell you this. If Biden wins the election and if uh, Biden appoints Senator Elizabeth Warren to a, some sort of committee tied towards financial oversight, I, I think that I think she is a tough woman on fraud and a tough woman on malfeasance in finance. She doesn't like it that, you know, if you overdraw your bank account, that a bank will hit you with, you know, fines of 10, 15, 20, 25 dollars, even if you only did it by one cent. So she wants to protect the consumers, which would technically be bad for the financials, unless by becoming more good stewards with your money, by becoming good partners in banking, that we trust them more and do more business with them. There's both sides to that one, right? Um, 800-516-1220, or a better way to contact me is the old-fashioned way, email. Rob at robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. Um, the data out of NVIDIA, and I took notes on the conference call, and I think one of the things that was kind of a, I don't get as excited, but I get excited, but not as excited. There was what's referred to as accelerating gaming revenue in the conference call. There was continued strength in the data centers. Again, as we're working from home, we're storing data in different ways. And every time you see a stupid YouTube video and you forward it to me, that's data that's being stored in a different way. Or not necessarily in a different way, but it's more data. So for instance, a band that my children like is a band called AJR, and they had a concert last night, and I think this is genius. Um, baseball stadiums and football stadiums aren't really being used in the parking lot, so concerts are now popping up in, in uh, parking lots. And what's interesting is a trend there, it's okay. I watched some of the concert online from people who were putting on their phone and streaming it, data plans to a data center, right? 5G would stream it a little bit faster. So I get excited about the new Apple phone. China wants a new Apple phone for 5G. Like, there's stories out there that I like, I like, I like. But the idea of having a concert where you stay in your car in a parking space, I love it. It's, it's not the best solution. The best solution is we're all healthy and making out and kissing at concerts and we feel safe about it. But that's not for now. 
And you're saying, what kind of concerts do you go to? That's fair. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. But having a concert in a parking lot, it's good for the economy. It's good for music. It's, it's nice to see. And I think you're going to see more of that in the short term. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, the short-term unemployment claims were negative the first time. The longer-term, um, the four-week moving average decreased by 326,000 to 15.8 million. That's a lot of people who aren't working for a four-week. Like, that, that average is, like, bad. Total number of people claiming benefits in all the programs um, was about the same uh, as a year ago. So the long term of all the programs, it's not getting, it's not, I don't know how to say this. Sometimes words that lead me. It's not as bad as it looks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.